everybody. Welcome into the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and every day, Monday through Friday, we're talking Penn State football, and we have a lot to get into in today's episode for this Tuesday, November 12th, 2019, as we take a look forward to see where Penn State's season goes from here. We're going to take a look at some of the best case and worst case scenarios in our first segment of today's episode. In the second segment, we'll take a look ahead to tonight's college football playoff rankings that are going to come out. We'll see where Penn State could potentially fall. Other things to keep an eye on as we move forward in this season. And of course, in our final segment, we'll begin taking a look at Penn State's next opponent, the Indiana Hoosiers, who are coming into Happy Valley with a top 25 ranking. And Penn State needs a rebound. So this is a good matchup and a good test of the mental will for this Penn State program moving into the remaining games of the season. So we'll take a look at all that coming up in the, today's episode. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast and make sure you don't miss a single episode in your favorite podcasting app, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. We also have an RSS feed. And if you want to help support us a little bit more, you can also leave a rating, leave a review. It does help with the placement on those various podcasting apps. And plus, we just like the feedback. We want to know what we're doing well, what we can improve on. And you guys are a big part of this program. We want to make sure you stay connected with us as well by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and head on over to Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Give us a like there. Share these episodes. Share these posts with your friends and family and invite them to come join us. See what we're talking about as we move forward throughout the remaining games for the 2019 season. So lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. One of the biggest challenges I think any head coach has when they are coaching a football team, or I guess this translates to other sports as well, is not letting one loss affect the rest of your season. Now, we all know Penn State had their expectations growing and growing as the season went along, and the first playoff rankings came out a week ago from today, and Penn State gets slid in there at number four, and all of a sudden people were thinking that this is going to be a year that Penn State can get into the playoff. Obviously, there was still a lot to play, and we knew that Minnesota was a game not to take for granted, but the expectations continue to rise because of those playoff rankings. So now that Penn State has lost to Minnesota, the biggest challenge I think that James Franklin and his team and his staff will have this week is making sure everybody is on the same page to get back to that 1-0 mentality. You can't let last week's game linger over. You have to start the slate clean, get a clean slate moving forward into this weekend as you're preparing for another good opponent that's coming into Happy Valley in Beaver Stadium this Saturday. So the biggest thing I think is going to be the message here is what happened happened okay now you just have to move on and take care of indiana the way that indiana is going to respect or should be respected so here's the thing now this season can go any number of ways right now it just feels like this season could still kind of rebound and have something memorable at the end of it or indiana comes in and penn state struggles again they're not motivated they're not up to the game they kind of feel like their season was lost already and we could go into a complete dumpster, and nobody wants to be in a dumpster, but that's just one of the ways that this season could potentially go if Penn State is not very careful and attentive to what the task is at hand this week. So I'm going to give you my best case and worst case scenarios here for Penn State uh, for these next three games and be potentially beyond. 
let's start with the let's start with the fun stuff. Okay, the the best case scenario is Penn State comes back this weekend, gets the home game against Indiana, and they just get back and go on a mission and completely obliterate the Hoosiers. I, I don't think that will necessarily be the case, but I think that this is a good rebound opportunity. Sean Clifford comes out. He makes those big plays down the field, maybe to KJ Hamler, maybe to one of their tight ends. And I just feel like they get off to a good start, put up a couple touchdowns on their first couple drives out and continue having some productive drives on the route to a, a pretty comfortable victory against Indiana. I'm not going to say it needs to be a blowout, but, a comfortable, sizable margin of victory to kind of get that feeling back that this is a good team and we'll see what that carries over into the following week. Now, of course, we're talking best case scenario and what comes up after Indiana, Ohio State, the big game in Columbus. And the best case scenario has to include a road victory at Ohio State because if they do that, then Penn State regains the inside track to getting into the Big Ten championship game. Uh, so let's say they, the best case scenario is they go in there, they play a good hard fought game against Ohio State. It's a close one because I don't think even under the best case scenario, you're talking about a Penn State team that's going to pull a, a massive blowout victory on the road against this Ohio State team. This Ohio State team is really good. But if we're talking best case scenario, we get the best defensive performance that Penn State has had all season long. I certainly have addressed that yesterday. They need to tighten up because uh, the, the way they played against Minnesota, the way they played against Michigan, not going to get the job done against this Ohio State team. But let's say they go in there and they get that close victory against Ohio State. They come home. Now, all of a sudden, they still have the one loss. They're 10-1 on the season. They move back into those college football projections at the end of the season. Or, nope, at, maybe they're at number five. But that will take care of itself later on in this best-case scenario. And you get the chance to close out the regular season with a big blowout victory uh, against Rutgers because... As you've heard me say before, everybody beats Rutgers. But yeah, this is a Rutgers team that's going to be kind of dead, a dead team walking into Happy Valley at the end of the season. So it's not a good draw for Rutgers. And I just feel like regardless of the situation, Penn State's going to blow that team out anyway to close out the regular season. So you're talking about an 11-1 regular season highlighted at towards the end by that big victory against Ohio State. And they still have uh, ranked wins against Michigan, who maybe potentially creeps up into the top 10. I don't think that's too far out of the question. Maybe Michigan beats Ohio State. Uh, that would certainly help. And then Iowa, uh, maybe Iowa beats Minnesota this weekend, moves Iowa up in the rankings. And maybe, obviously, you still have that head-to-head -head victory uh, or head-to-head uh, -head setback against Minnesota. But you know, the more games Iowa wins, the better for Penn State. The more games Michigan wins, the better for Penn State. And maybe if Indiana can win uh, their, their last game of the season, that would help as well, or their last two games of the season. Uh, that always helps too. But I just feel like uh, best-case scenario, you're talking about Penn State going 11-1, going on to the Big Ten championship game. Maybe they get revenge against Minnesota, or maybe they play Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I don't know which one's better. Probably uh, getting a chance to get some revenge against Minnesota might be good because then you could say they beat every team on their schedule. Yeah, that would be an accurate statement. Uh, but that, that would be either way, Minnesota or Wisconsin, whoever it ends up being, win the Big Ten championship. And then you're talking about 12-1 Big Ten champion there's no way that a 12-1 Big Ten champion is going to be left out of the college football playoff this year, especially considering where Ohio State's currently standing. Uh, we'll see where Penn State is. I still think they're certainly on the radar. And, of course, Minnesota's in there, too. So uh, I still think Penn State's going to be in a decent position where if they were to go 12-1, they're going to be going to the playoff. Worst case scenario, 
Penn State loses at home to Indiana. They get blown out at Ohio State 63-14. They do end the season with a win because everybody beats Rutgers. Uh, but then you're talking about a three-loss Penn State team that's probably playing in the Outback Bowl or you know maybe they have an outside shot to go back to the Citrus Bowl. But that's the... That's the situation you're talking about. Now, if you're a 12-1 and Penn State team with the Big Ten Championship, you're you're probably going to be in the playoff. Uh, that would be the best-case scenario. But you know, even if that's not in the cards, you're going to the Rose Bowl, and you're playing Oregon or something in the Pac-12 or uh, in the Rose Bowl as the Pac-12 champion. So uh, we'll see. But that those are the two extremes right now. I mean, Penn State's not going to lose the Rutgers, but this week is going to tell us a lot about the mental state of this team. I don't know what's going to happen at Ohio State. Realistically, I, I don't think even under the, the the most likely scenarios, I don't or the the least likely scenarios, I don't know if Penn State goes into Ohio State and get out of there with a win. But regardless, you're looking at a two and one finish to end the year at a ten and two. I still think is a pretty solid season. I know the expectations have grown, and maybe that feels disappointing. But yeah, I think uh, in the grand scheme of things, ten and two, a chance to play in a New Year's Six bowl game is still existing. And uh, we'll see what happens. All right, this is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. And coming up in our next segment, we are going to take a look at the tonight's college football playoff rankings, what to expect, because there should be some significant movement going on, certainly in that top 10. We'll see if Penn State can stay in the top 10. Later tonight, we will get our second installment of the 2019 College Football Playoff Selection Committee rankings. Uh, we're going to get them a little bit earlier tonight compared to last week, and I believe it's either 7 or 7.30 on ESPN. Uh, so we're going to get them a little bit earlier, and we will be reacting to these rankings in tomorrow's episode, so make sure you come back for tomorrow. But it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens with the rankings this week because we saw two teams in the top four take a loss this weekend. One of them was Alabama losing at home to LSU, and of course Penn State losing on the road to Minnesota. And we also saw some teams that had some struggles. Oklahoma certainly had to fight for their life against Iowa State. And Baylor had to be taken into triple overtime before they could get away from uh, TCU. Wisconsin also had a little bit of a scare. So there were some interesting results that probably are going to have some say in how this week's rankings pan out. I guess the first question we should address is who are going to be the top four teams in this week's college football playoff rankings? Now, Ohio State was number one last week, followed by LSU at number two, Alabama number three, and Penn State at number four. I think LSU is going to move up to number one. I think they should have been at number one already, but Ohio State will certainly stay number two. So it'll probably be those two until either one of them loses a game, uh, which may not even happen. But I feel pretty confident saying that LSU is probably going to move ahead of Ohio State. Ohio State will be a number two, and they're both going to be in pretty good position. Biggest question to me is what's going to happen with Alabama. We know that Penn State's going to fall out of the top four. Uh, Clemson's going to take over at least one spot in the college football playoff rankings. But what happens with Alabama? There's going to be lots of discussion about where Alabama falls because you know going toe to toe with the number two team LSU and losing the way they did. Uh, I don't think Alabama falls very far, but do they fall out of the top four? I think you can certainly make that case right now. And I figure if Alabama does fall out, then that's good news for Georgia. And I feel like Georgia, resume-wise, probably has a better case to be made than Alabama. Not because of the one loss, but because of the wins that Georgia has. So if I'm putting together these rankings, I'm putting LSU at number one, Ohio State at number two. I'm sliding Clemson up to number three. And I'm going to give Georgia the fourth spot 
for now. Yes, I know they lost to South Carolina, but they've also beaten Notre Dame. They've also beaten Florida. And those are two good quality wins, especially when you look at the rankings. Those two teams are both in the top 25 and I believe both in the top 15 from last week. Yes, Notre Dame was number 15 last week, Florida at number 10. So Georgia has some good quality wins. We can't take that away from them. So where's Penn State going to fall? That's the second question. And maybe it should be the first question on this podcast, but I feel like, yeah, you know, I still think that Penn State's going to be in the top 10. They're going to be jumped into the, the field of the one loss teams. But I think there's a lot of positives uh, that Penn State is going to have in their, to their advantage compared to some of the other one loss teams out there. I, I still think that they could be ranked ahead of Oregon and Utah and Oklahoma based on the fact that they've beaten Michigan, they've beaten Iowa. And their only loss was to Minnesota. And you know, certainly Minnesota is going to be making a big jump. And I feel like the committee disrespected them last week by having them down at number 17. Minnesota absolutely should have been higher than that. And uh, they went out and proved it. Uh, so they, Minnesota is going to be making a big jump, I think, this week now that they have got the win against Penn State. But I think when you start to look at Penn State compared to some of those other one-loss teams, they still have the quality wins that we talked about last week, and they have the quality wins at Alabama doesn't. Uh, so I think one thing to just keep an eye on is will the Iowa Hawkeyes stay in the top 25? If they do, that's good news for Penn State because, again, uh, going back to something I've said before, the more Iowa wins, the, the if Iowa stays ranked, that continues to look like a, a, a better-than-average victory, right? So I figure if Iowa can stay in the top 25, they were number 18 last week. I still think that's a lot of good uh, breathing room for Iowa to stay in that top 25 after their loss to number 13, Wisconsin. So I think Iowa stays in the top 25, and that'll be good news because then Penn State will have the wins against Michigan, who was number 14 last week. And again, Iowa, who was number 18 last week, should be dropping down at least a couple spots, uh, should stay in the top 25, though. So that's good. And then your one loss, uh, you know, if you get into that argument about who has the best loss, which I think is ridiculous in itself, but all of a sudden, a loss to Minnesota doesn't look at all that bad. And keep in mind, it was also a close loss with Penn State having a chance to win the game in those final moments. So when the committee takes that all into consideration, it's not like they got blown out. It's not like they lost to a bad team and they didn't lose at home. So there's a lot of things as far as losses go that actually help Penn State's case here compared to some of these other teams that have the one loss. The one team that I think might be a problem might be Oregon. Oregon hasn't lost since the opening game of the season and that was on a neutral field and they controlled that game for the majority of it right up until the end when Auburn took the win. But if Penn State falls behind Oregon, wouldn't panic any or anything like that. I still think uh, Penn State could is still in position to at least manage their own path back into the college football playoff uh, top four by the end of the season. Obviously, a lot has to go their way. they got to beat Ohio State, of course. They have to beat Indiana this week. But I think in the grand scheme of things, in that playoff hunt, there's still a lot of things to like about what Penn State brings to the table compared to some of the other opponents uh, that are potentially out there, or, or I'm sorry, I should say candidates that are out there. Uh, Georgia is a team that I think would stay ahead of Penn State. Oregon, you might make a case. Utah, I'm not so sure about. It's, it's possible, but I still think Penn State could stay ahead of Utah. And I still think Penn State should stay ahead of Oklahoma. But uh, Oklahoma is going to be pretty interesting because I think there's a lot of respect for Oklahoma. And I think the, you know, anyone forgetting about Oklahoma after last week, I think is making a mistake. But you know, having a close call 
uh, and nearly blowing that game against Iowa State. I wonder if that's going to hurt them, uh, the Sooners, that is, in, in any way going forward. But, you know, you're, you're talking about uh, now you're starting to talk about the staying in the top 10. I think there's a very good case of Penn State stays in the top 10. I don't see any of these two lost teams like Florida or Auburn or even Wisconsin. None of those teams are going to jump ahead of them. You know that Michigan's not going to jump ahead of Penn State. So Penn State staying in the top 10 absolutely should be a given here. I don't see them falling more than six spaces uh, from number four from last week. Uh, I do think that Minnesota will make a big jump and stay ahead of Penn State, which Admittedly, I think that they should, but I will be very curious to see how the committee evaluates it because, like I said, that was the first good win, you know, quote unquote, good win for Minnesota. And I think the fact that they're undefeated certainly makes them more, much more worthy of being ahead of Penn State than the other way around. But uh, it will be interesting to see where Penn State falls in this ranking. I think it'll be within the top 10 for sure. I'm going to say they probably fall to number eight and maybe Minnesota slides ahead of them at number seven. That would be moving Minnesota up 10 spots this week, uh, which again, I think is a, a good week for some course correction from the committee because I think that they completely undervalued Minnesota last week. All right, guys, stick around because next I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Indiana Hoosiers, kind of take you through their season up to this point in time. And we'll take a look at some of the players that we should be keeping an eye on as they come into Happy Valley this weekend. This is a Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Guys, let me tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. This week, Penn State's going to look for a rebound win, and it's not going to be a particularly easy one because, once again, the Indiana Hoosiers are on the schedule, and it seems like throughout Penn State's history in the Big Ten, Indiana is just one of those teams that's a little bit of a pest, uh, just annoying enough to hang around even when they're no good compared to Penn State, uh, but they're, they're a team that just kind of hangs around uh, on so many occasions against the Nittany Lions, and this has all the ingredients for another potential closer than a lot of people were hoping for kind of a result. Indiana's coming into this weekend's game. They are 7-2 overall. They've already clinched their bowl eligibility, and they are thinking about getting to nine wins on the season, a goal that is entirely within reach at this point for Indiana, even though they've got Penn State this week, and they're going to have to play at home against Michigan next week. So a couple tough games coming up here for Indiana, but they're already guaranteed to be heading to a bowl game, which is the first time that they will be doing so with Tom Allen as the head coach on a full-term basis. Uh, during his uh, three-year run as the head coach. Remember, Tom Allen was the interim head coach for Indiana back in 2016 when they lost the Foster Farms Bowl. Indiana has not won a bowl game since the 1991 season. So as long as Penn State has been in the Big Ten, starting in 1993 for football, Indiana has not won a bowl game. So they're hoping to end this season on a high note, a rather historic note, I think, for the program. And going to 7-2 already this season has to feel really good for Indiana because the last couple of years they went 5-7 and seven, ending just one win shy of bowl eligibility. They have come oh so close the last couple of years under Tom Allen. So when they finally clinched their bowl eligibility against Nebraska a couple weeks ago, Tom Allen was legitimately and deservingly so a little bit of emotional knowing how much his team and his program have worked to get to this point. But they're not finished yet. This is an Indiana team that's coming into this weekend's game. They're feeling pretty good about what they can do offensively. They've got the passing game. They've got uh, the ability to score. They don't necessarily have the greatest defense, but they're only giving up 20 points a game. 
And the running game isn't necessarily the strongest that Indiana is accustomed to, but they make up for it with the passing game. Of course, the passing game is the big storyline here because Peyton Ramsey has taken over the role as a starting quarterback. It's a guy that's been hung around, had a chance to leave, but ultimately decided to stay. Michael Penix Jr. was injured a couple weeks ago. He is out for the season. The young freshman who's really been a, a rising star for Indiana in the time that he did get a chance to play for the Hoosiers. But it is Peyton Ramsey who takes over, and he had a monster of a game a few weeks back against Nebraska to help clinch bowl eligibility for the Hoosiers. And he is certainly a competent passer who is uh, looking for a little bit of a revenge against Penn State. You go back to last season's game, Peyton Ramsey wasn't necessarily uh, all over the place <laughs> against Penn State, but he did have some moments that he would certainly like to have back. He completed 26 of his 36 passes for Indiana for 236 yards. One touchdown, one interception. The touchdown didn't come until very late in the game, whereas the running game was actually taking care of business for Indiana. Go back to last year's game. Remember, Indiana jumped out to a 14-7 lead on Penn State in the first quarter. And this is an Indiana team that is still potentially capable of being able to get out to an early lead on Penn State, especially if they don't tighten things up defensively. They can do the kind of things that Minnesota did to Penn State last week. I don't know if Indiana is quite as well-rounded as Minnesota is, though, whereas I think Minnesota has more of an ability to run the football and maybe taking some advantage of mixing things up with a balanced playbook. I think Indiana is probably going to rely more on their passing game this time around because they don't necessarily have the same kind of running threat that they are, they've used to have against Penn State. So this is an Indiana team where Peyton Ramsey is going to take over. He's certainly uh, capable of making some things happen. But I think his uh, top wide receiver, of course, is going to be Wap Fillor, who's got 813 yards this year. Only three touchdowns, but he's still capable. And Stevie Scott, who ripped open Penn State's defense last year for 138 yards. He's back and he's ready to go on the ground. 737 yards this year. Nine touchdowns on the ground. So, Indiana's season in a nutshell so far. They started off the season with a couple wins against Ball State and a, a big blowout victory against Eastern Illinois before they opened up their Big Ten schedule with a loss uh, at home against Ohio State. <laughs> and not surprisingly, Ohio State won that game 51-10. to Big dose of reality for Indiana, but not really. I think we all kind of anticipated that Ohio State was clearly the better team. So, you know, it's a, it's a tough loss to take. But Indiana continued to chug forward. They got a chance to rebound in the best possible way with a home game against UConn, a 38-3 victory for the Hoosiers, getting them out to 3-1 before they hit back on the road for another Big Ten contest, this one at Michigan State. And they came up short with a 40-31 loss against the Spartans in East Lansing. Tough loss to take. Uh, not exactly the prettiest of games for Indiana's defense. But they have not lost since that game. Indiana got a chance to really get on a roll with some favorable scheduling we will make note of. A home game against Rutgers, a road trip to Maryland, a road game at Nebraska where they ended up actually clinching their bowl eligibility. And then this past weekend, uh, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago at home against Northwestern, a 34-3 victory for the Hoosiers. They did have a bye week last week, so I just want to make that perfectly clear. So they're coming in rested. They're riding a four-game winning streak, albeit uh, against the weakest part of their schedule overall because if Rutgers is 2-7, and seven, Maryland is 3-7, and seven, 
Nebraska is still struggling just to get the bowl eligibility. They're four and five. They got to win two of their last three games. And of course, Northwestern, a one and eight program up to this point. So not exactly the murderer's row of Indiana's schedule, but they took advantage of it and credit to them because those are games that you should have won. Or at least you should have won three of those games. You know, maybe the Nebraska is still kind of a toss-up, but the way things have been going for the Cornhuskers, maybe it is a game that Indiana should have won. But Indiana certainly is looking pretty decent. They've had, played a couple good games along the way, certainly offensively. Defensively, it might be a little bit of a concern, so maybe that will actually be good news for Penn State. Maybe they can get off to a good start this week as opposed to last week against Minnesota. But this is an Indiana team that has history with keeping things tight against Penn State. Even in years where Penn State is clearly the better team, Indiana finds ways to put up points and just kind of force Penn State to continue playing a little bit harder, uh, deeper into the game than I think a lot of people would like. But this is a Penn State team that I think is very much capable of a nice little bounce back. But I do think Indiana is not going to be taken for granted here because... They have appeared in the AP Top 25 this week. It's the first time Indiana has been ranked since 1994. So again, Indiana has not won a bowl game during the entire time Penn State has been in the Big Ten. And the last time they were ranked was that 1994 season. Of course, in 1994, you remember Indiana probably put up a couple junk touchdowns against the Nittany Lions. May have hurt them in the voting, in the polls a little bit. But uh, anyway, it's been a long time coming for Indiana as they are hoping to end the season on a high note. They have not won eight games in a season since 1993. So again, it's been a long time for Indiana. I do think they're going to get to eight wins this season. I, I think that's very much in play here. I just don't think it's going to be this weekend. Again, they have... A couple tough games ahead of them right now. They've got this game against Penn State on the road, and then they got to play Michigan at home. The best chance to get to eight to an eighth win is probably their regular season finale at Purdue. Uh, but it, regardless of what happens these next three weeks, this Indiana team is going to a bowl game, and that's going to be a good way to end the season. This is an Indiana team that should be a threat because Penn State's defense certainly has to tighten things up in the secondary, which got ripped open to, uh, for some big plays last week against Minnesota. So Indiana is certainly looking at that game film and trying to figure out how they can duplicate that success that Minnesota had against Penn State. But of course, on the counter side of that is Penn State knows what they need to work on. And they absolutely know that they're going to have to bounce back in these next couple of weeks because this defense is going to be put to the test with their backs against the wall in a real big spot. Of course, we'll continue to take a look at the Indiana Hoosiers as the week progresses. We'll break the game down a little bit, share some more thoughts as the week unfolds leading up to this weekend's game. It is a noon kickoff, if you haven't seen that already. It's another noon kickoff for Penn State. Of course, they kicked off at noon against Minnesota. They're going to kick off at noon against Indiana. And then they're going to get a noon kickoff against Ohio State next week. And I'm just guessing the game against Rutgers at the end of the year might be a noon game. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet or not, but that just feels like a noon game just waiting to happen. But regardless, here we are getting close to the end of the season. Still lots to play for, and we'll see what happens with the Nittany Lions this week against Indiana. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, guys, we will recap what happened in the latest college football playoff rankings that are coming out tonight. We'll see where Penn State's ranked, see where some of the other teams that we're keeping an eye on, where they go, where they move up, where they move down. And, of course, we'll talk about what this means for the upcoming week and maybe the couple weeks. We'll also continue to take a look at some Indiana Hoosiers players to watch. And if you have any mailbag questions, now's a good time to get some questions in. We'll answer some of your questions in tomorrow's episode as well. 
I'm Kevin McGuire. I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com and College Football Talk on NBCSports.com. So you can find my national coverage on either of those outlets. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. You can subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed listening to this and you want to get more of these episodes directly to your phone or your iPad or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. So leave a rating, leave a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated, and it does help support the show on those various podcasting mediums. And last but not least, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today, guys. Have a great Tuesday. Come back. We'll do it all again tomorrow. And until then, I'll talk to you later.